Catechism question this week, number 17, into what estate did the fall bring mankind? And the answer is the fall brought mankind into an estate of sin and misery. Now this language should uh, immediately remind you of the question, did our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? And that estate was one in which God had enacted a special act of providence towards them entering into a covenant of life with them. Sadly, they did not continue in the estate wherein they were created. But our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell from the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. So this estate into which the fall brought mankind is set over against the estate wherein they were created, is set over against the covenant of life. Now, in the covenant of life, God did not covenant to give them to just like continue breathing and continue thinking and continue existing. No, life is the condition of glorifying and enjoying God. The chief end of man, the purpose, the substance, the essence of his life is to glorify God and to enjoy God. But whereas God had bound himself to continue providing this for man in the covenant of life, uh, man, by sinning, and we, in our first uh, father Adam, sinning in him, fell from that estate into an estate not of glorifying God, but of sinning against God. Not of enjoying God, having him as our joy, but of misery. So when it says that the fall brought mankind into an estate of sin, and not just that he was a sinner, not just that he commits sins, but that now man, having fallen short of the glory of God, lives for himself, exists for himself, is, uh, as we put it, totally depraved. That his, uh, his very existence and attitude and purpose and pleasure and principles are all full of sin. And so, whereas man's chief end is to glorify God... And the covenant of life, in the covenant of life, God gave us to glorify God. We fell from that estate into an estate of sin. And whereas man's chief end is to enjoy God, and the covenant of life was uh, an estate wherein we were enjoying God, the misery of the estate into which we fell in Adam is one of not enjoying God, in fact, of continuing to know, even though Romans 1 teaches us that we push down on this knowledge, that God is the great being, the creator, uh, the one uh, upon whom uh, all things depend and for whom all things exist. Uh, and we now know him to be against us, uh, so that... The Lord Jesus, of course, doesn't fall into either the sin or the misery. Properly speaking, that part of the misery that is uh, failing to enjoy God. He, in his righteousness, enjoys God fully. Uh, and yet, he did suffer many of the miseries that belong to our fallen condition. God, in actual mercy and kindness 
makes us to feel by inflicting upon us our neediness, the various difficulties that are consequences of our sin, and then things that he put into the creation in the curse, so that we will, even though in our sinfulness we don't delight in him, even the things that we do try to find joy in, he makes to fail us continually, uh, as, uh, as it were, pushing us away from finding our purpose in worldly things, finding our pleasure in worldly things. And so there are miseries that God gives us in kindness. And the Lord Jesus was subject uh, to those miseries. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He needed sleep. Uh, he took upon himself our infirmities. Uh, and so was subjected already during his life, although he was not miserable under those miseries, was he? He was joyful and content. The things that grieved him were the uh, the sins of the people around him and their bondage to sin. We see him grieved on many occasions by those things. But he did suffer the greatest misery that there is, in that he who his whole life long delighted in God and knew God's smile upon him, he who had heard uh, announced literally from heaven, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He actually suffered the wrath and curse of God on the cross. Uh, And so for us who uh, are often sinning and not enjoying the delight of God and uh, and his being pleased with us and so forth, uh, it is actually more severe for Christ to go from the level of contentment and delight in the Lord and knowing that the Lord delighted in him, uh, in which he lived his whole life long, uh, to suffering for our sakes and crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, And to know, even though there is no break in the Trinity, God does not stop loving his Son on the cross. And in fact, uh, Jesus says before he goes to the cross, for this reason my father loves me, that I lay down my life for the sheep. Never was the Lord Jesus more lovely to his father than when he was on the cross offering that perfect obedience. And yet, the Lord Jesus knew all of God's holy hatred and wrath against sin and sinners for uh, all of the sins of all all of the sinners for whom he was dying. He knew that all at once. Uh, And indeed, the misery then at the cross is even greater than all the misery in hell, because the misery in hell will never be completed. But the Lord Jesus uh, took completely the hell that we deserved on the cross. Uh, And so... Our sin was imputed to him, and he did suffer a misery that we will never experience, that we cannot begin to imagine. But the uh, ultimate answer to the catechism question, uh, into what estate did the fall bring mankind, is that the fall brought us into an estate that is the opposite of our chief end, and the opposite of the blessedness in God. 
that the covenant of life uh, had given to Adam and to his wife with him uh, and under him. Namely, as the answer says, the fall brought mankind into an estate of sin and misery. <clears throat> 